Hi there, and welcome to the Wayback Music Machine podcast. Aaron, we've got a really interesting road trip, don't we, this week? We're going all over the place, mostly in the States. Well, it's all going to be in the States, but we're going from New Jersey. Isn't that where we're starting? And then we're heading, uh, you know, a little trip down uh, through the Lincoln Tunnel to New York City. And then where are we going last? We're going to Fargo, North Dakota. And, and I told you the joke about New York City and the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Okay, no, I think so. But let's tell me again, just in case. Okay, so, so New Yorkers will never say there's a light at the end of the tunnel because it's Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Jersey. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Anyway, so yeah, quite a trip today. Oh, that's right. And uh, since you said New Jersey, shall we get started? Let's hit the road. Maps? Check. Snacks? Double check. Tunes? Check. I'm Tony Stewart. I'm Aaron Badgley. And we are cruising the rock and roll highway in our way back music machine. Are you ready, my friend? I sure am. I have the feeling this is going to be the start of a great adventure. Kind of a magical mystery tour. Somehow I knew you were going to say that. Now, before we get started on the road trip, Aaron, I thought it might be fun to, um, I got this idea from you because at the end of last show, you know, you had mentioned giving a shout out to our fans and that got me thinking, what if we introduced a short little segment where we give an extra special shout out to one of our fans and find a story related to maybe a band or an artist that they love? What do you think? I think it's a great idea. So I'm going to give this shout out to uh, a friend of mine named Mark McLeod in North Bay, Ontario. That's my hometown, by the way. And uh, Mark is a big, big, big Iron Maiden fan. And I have to uh, admit, I'm lucky enough to have visited the Iron Maiden shrine uh, in Mark's basement. (laughs) It is very cool. He has all the posters, you know, featuring Eddie, right? It's great. Like all the the, uh, album covers is fantastic. So I got to visit the shrine this past weekend, but I told Mark that I would find a story for this week that involved uh, Iron Maiden. And in fact, I did find one. So took a little searching, but uh, turns out on November 3rd, 2019, Iron Maiden frontman Bruce Dickinson, he had he left his wife of 29 years to move in with a fan of his. They describe it as a super fan, and she was 15 years his junior. So now, I guess uh, it was reported that he was now living with a fitness instructor, and her name is Leanna Dolce, and it, at her Paris home. So Bruce is living in Paris with Leanna Dolce. I think the surprising piece of that is that he has a fitness instructor. Yes. <laughs> anyway there you go so that's a shout out to uh uh, one of our big fans mark mcleod and hey mark so uh, let's get going i think we're going to jersey first aren't we is it the jersey devil yeah all right well you know what let's do it because this is a terrific story So here we are in Asbury Park, New Jersey, November 7th, 2014. It's probably raining because it is New Jersey. Tony, you're of Italian heritage, right? I am indeed on my mother's side, yes. Right. So you must love lasagna. I love lasagna. Who doesn't? Me. Well, Garfield the cat loves lasagna. But That's right. 
would you pay $300,000 for a lasagna? Well, you know, it depends who the <laughs> lasagna was with, I suppose. <laughs> Touche, touche. And I guess well, it, is, would, uh, it would, it uh, would, I'd have to have $300,000 first, right? But, uh, well, you know, I mean, it's, and it's very good lasagna, you know? It must be. So this all started because Bruce Springsteen uh, was doing something for his annual Stand Up for Heroes. It's an event, and he was doing an acoustic uh, guitar set back in 2014. And then he thought he'd be, he'd he'd auction off the guitarist, the guitar, not the guitarist. He's the guitarist, <laughs> <laughs> the guitar for the highest bidder. And it just it, it morphed into something much bigger than it should have, don't you think? Oh, did it ever? So yeah, we should go over uh, the whole trajectory of this thing because it gets pretty crazy. I yeah. love I love this story, by the way. You know, there are certain musicians. Uh, who will give you the shirt off their back and in this case or, or, or sell you the lasagna out of their fridge that's right and in this case this artist does both right so yeah. okay so we start uh he decides to offer the guitar to the highest bidder and it goes to sixty thousand dollars for sixty thousand dollars now that's pretty good and a lot of people would uh stop there but um not bruce so what did he do next i think he threw in a guitar lesson didn't he? yeah he, he offered a guitar lesson yeah so, how much did the guitar lesson for uh, go for? I'm well, that two hundred and fifty thousand. Okay, so two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and now we've got uh, the guitar and the guitar lesson. But uh, he's not done there because Bruce Springsteen doesn't go halfway. So next, he figured, you know what? Why not? Uh, I'm going to offer up a lasagna dinner at my house. This is Bruce talking. A ride around the block in the sidecar of his motorbike because he's a big. Uh, uh, motorbike aficionado and the shirt off of his back so all of this money like you say was going to uh, the foundation that he supports it helps injured servicemen and their families when they return home but what did we end up here what was the bidding for all of this package it's pretty incredible it, it came to three hundred thousand dollars for the whole package yeah, I'm looking at this. So a, a fan a fan offered a deal. He'd throw in $300,000 for the lasagna dinner if the other bidder bumped his price to 300000 for the whole package. Right. So, right. So now you've just doubled it. So he's done over half a million dollars. He, he $600,000 Bruce raised by offering the shirt off his back, a guitar lesson, a ride around the block in his uh, motorbike sidecar, and lasagna at his house. And, and his comment was, it's a guitar lesson or you can simply waste my time. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a great story. And, um, you know, but just the ability, right, to raise, you know, $600, over half a million dollars in a, a couple of hours like that. Um, amazing. And, uh, you know, I've always heard Springsteen was the kind of guy that would give you the shirt off his back. And in this case, now we know literally he would do that. But uh, what an amazing story. I, I, I'm, yeah, I... First of all, I would love to just ride in a sidecar. I don't care if it's Bruce Springsteen's or not. I've always wanted to be in a motorcycle sidecar. I don't know why. Yeah, that would be amazing, cool. wouldn't it? Yep. It would be fun. With the old Me? school uh, motorcycle helmet on, too. Not the new ones, but the old no. round ones, you know? Yeah. And the goggles, and the, and the round <laughs> goggles. I think we should do it. We should rent a motorcycle or a sidecar for one of our road trips. Oh, that would um, be fun, yeah. And then to get the lasagna... and. <laughs> literally the shirt off his back uh and and you read the report he did a five song set which included things like dancing in the dark and growing up he did some great songs so i mean 
if I had half of, or three hundred thousand dollars, well, you know, yeah. I mean, you don't want to hear what I paid for Paul McCartney's shirt off his back, but um, <laughs> exactly. I, I just think it's what a great story. Oh, it's a fantastic story. Now I gotta, what would be the first question if you're having lasagna at uh, Bruce Springsteen's house? You know, would you ask him? Did you make this, or or is this off the shelf? <laughs> is, this, is this vegetarian? <laughs> is, is this eggplant? Is, no. is uh, this gluten free? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> is is the sauce out of a can? <laughs> can you imagine? But what a great chat that would be, eh? Because uh, Springsteen's supposed to be pretty down to earth, so that'd be really fun. <laughs> I think you'd laugh if you asked him those questions. And, oh, you know, I think so, he would too. I think he'd. Yeah, uh, really, uh, I I don't know. I, I I've always wondered if you're you know interviewing someone, but actually sitting down and having a conversation, two very different things. And um, the only time that ever happened was we we went and saw Lorena McKennett, and uh, we got to have tea with her. Oh wow! And I thought I thought tea would be just a meet and a greet. But she comes over and she sits down at her table and you're like, what do we talk about? But then we very quickly, she's a lovely, lovely, lovely person. Very, very nice. Very, you know, of the person. But um, I guess it's, you know, different than seeing Bob Dylan looking into your house. Remember we talked about that? Oh, that's before. right. <laughs> Who is that guy? Who's <laughs> yeah, the old guy? Uh, I, I don't know. Would you not? Would you ask him to play songs? Because he's nope. teaching you guitar, right? Oh, that's true. Well, yeah, I guess uh, I might ask him to play during the lesson. I think I would just enjoy the uh, lasagna and maybe get a glass of wine or something. But uh, uh, Did nope. it come with uh, garlic bread? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a salad with a stew? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What kind of salad? That's yeah, right. And what was dessert? Did they have like tiramisu for dessert? I, I wonder. I wonder. But, uh, yeah, it's a fantastic story. Just goes to show you what kind of person the boss is. But uh, now, what would have been on the charts this week in uh, 2000? This, uh, yeah. Number five was spaghetti and meat sauce with, no, no, just kidding. Uh, I'm still trying to get my head around that story. Number five was uh, Florida Georgia Line. So this is 2014, right? That's right, yeah. So it's not that long ago. So Florida Georgia Line was number five with Anything Goes. Uh, I must be. I must be honest. I'm at a loss with number four. Logic and Under Pressure. Never heard of the band. No. Num- never. Number three is an album that I really love. Uh, Melody Road by Neil Diamond. It's a very good album. Well, Neil Diamond has certainly found a way to stick around, hasn't he, and, and remain relevant. I wonder if he ever auctioned off a Kugel dinner. Um, <laughs> Maybe some, you know, gefilte fish. Uh, number two is uh, TJ with Paperwork. And number one, um, not one of my favorite bands, although uh, this time of year, I guess they're popular. Number one was Slipknot, and the album was called Number Five, The Grey Chapter. Oh, so that's a, that's a really mixed bag for the charts. I think if you went to Slipknot's house for supper, you'd have to actually kill the animal before you ate. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> now, aren't they from, like, uh, you know, Idaho or something like that? Like Slipknot, aren't they? Yeah. They're they're not from where you think they'd be from, right? Hell, no. They're from, uh, <laughs> they're from, they scare me. They actually, my daughter, <laughs> Emily, used to love them. And, and she would say, look, watch this video. And I found them really scary, disturbing. You know, yeah. the music videos, the masks and all that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting band. I was doing a little reading on them and uh, very, very interesting. Yeah. 
they are. I'm, I'm, I only kid Slipknot. Don't get mad, you know. Now, now we're going to take a trip through the uh, Lincoln Tunnel to New York City, and we're going to go back to November 5th, 1956. And this was an important milestone on NBC TV. So huge. Yeah, let's punch it in and let's head back. Here we go. All right, we're in uh, New York City, and it's November the 5th, 1956. And we're outside NBC headquarters, and this was the debut of the Nat King Cole show. It debuted on NBC TV, and it was the first of its kind for a very, very important reason, because it broke the color barrier. It was the first show like this hosted by an African-American, and it lasted 42 episodes. And I don't know about you, but I love, love, love Nat King Cole, just as a jazz musician. I mean, his contribution to the Great American Songbook is incredible. Well, there's so much to love about him. I mean, the jazz, his jazz trio, his songs, his acting. And I, I would bet that this show would have lasted longer, but he probably had too busy of a schedule because he was a busy, busy guy at this point in his career, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, what a, a good on NBC for doing this, you know, mm-hmm. because, uh, we all know the history of uh, racism and uh, in the in, in the entertainment industry, even into the fifties and into the sixties. Right, so uh, fantastic that this finally happened. I I was surprised actually when I saw the story, Aaron. That uh, fifty six, I would have guessed it wasn't until maybe the sixties that the first African American had a show of their own. But uh, fantastic, and what a great choice to be the host. Yeah, and and Nat King Cole. I mean, he he was he was huge. He broke the color barrier in more ways than one. I mean, he had hundreds of songs that became standards. Um, oh, absolutely! I love you for you know, I, I love you for sentimental reasons. Mona Lisa, Too Young, Nature Boy. They're just fantastic, right? Oh, they're great songs, and, and you know, Rick and I have play all almost all of those ones that you mentioned. We've played at one point or another. They're they're terrific. Do you have, do you have a favorite? Oh, I, I love um, I love you for sentimental reasons. That mm-hmm. is just such a beautiful song. You know, he certainly understood how to put chords together beautifully. You know, and mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So this was the date that that premiered, and uh, now fifty six though I bet would have been a really uh, mixed bag on the charts too, right? What did you pick for the charts, by the way? I went with album charts, and the reason I did that was because albums are starting to come into their own. The 12-inch album had been introduced by this point, um, and singles had kind of given way to albums. And you could see the, the rise in stereo systems being sold. In, I'm talking North America, but in England as well, as long as it wasn't banned. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had to get one in. That's right. Uh, and if you look at the top five which I find interesting is that two of the five are African-American, which was, again, the barriers were coming down, at least in the music world. And I think, you know, jazz had a lot to do with that, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And you know what else? I think it's fitting, you know, that uh, Nat King Cole was from Montgomery, Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. Which is it yep. was a deeply, deeply segregated area. And uh, it's kind of fitting, isn't it, that he ended up being the first African-American to host a, a show like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's dramatic. I, I didn't know that he was a Freemason. 
Did I, you know that? I had no idea. No, that was uh, new that to was me. A sh- that was weird. And I, I didn't realize that he actually started playing with his brother, Eddie. So the original band was the Eddie Cole Swingsters. <laughs> <laughs> so glad he dropped that name. Well, that's exactly. <laughs> um, so the top five albums... Uh, five Neat Guys, no, no. Five Neat Guys is SCTV. That's SCTV, right? Which is a great sketch all by itself. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it two nights ago, you know. Some of the song titles about who brought the egg salad. No, who brought the potato salad? <laughs> well, that's right. Let's have a party in my rec room and all those classics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that album. Um, number five was The Four Freshmen, and the name of the album was Four Freshmen and Five Trombones. That's right, because four, four, four trombones is never enough, you know. I don't think five is. <laughs> I just don't. Um, I like to know who had to play two, though. That's just, I, anyways, being silly. Number four is, the, I, I love this album. I love, the, I actually have it. It's the Elephant, it's Ella Fitzgerald, and it's the Cole Porter songbook. I have this album, too, actually. Hey, see, this is why we get along so well, Tony. That's right. <laughs> Lasagna, Cole Porter, Ella, it's all good. Yep. Uh, number three is Harry Belafonte's Calypso album, which I grew up on. Number two is the cast, the original cast for My Fair Lady. And number one, Frank Sinatra, Songs for Swinging Lovers. Yeah, that's the greatest title ever. Eh? That is oh, so... the best. What was that? Uh, yeah, it's 56, right? That is so uh, of that era, isn't it? Oh, so great. And the cover and everything else, perfect. Now, we've got one more... Uh, segment to cover one more road trip to do and this one uh, we had to save for last because it's so funny but, oh, so uh, unbelievable yeah unbelievable. it is yeah. and uh, you know um so we're gonna head to fargo north dakota i can't say it without laughing aaron we're going to, uh, fargo, to you. Uh, north dakota on november 2nd 2007 and we're going to uh, pay a visit uh, to ozzy osborne so let's punch it in and let's head to fargo Okay, Fargo, North Dakota. It's November 2nd, 2007. And, you know, as we were just talking about on the uh, trip back here, uh, only Ozzy could be involved in a story like this, right? Oh, it wouldn't be funny if it was Neil Young or The Who or Kanye West. It's only because it's Ozzy that it's funny. Yeah, and it's funny, but it's not funny when you think about the implications of it at the same time, right? Because there's a little police overreach going on here. But. Yeah, <laughs> do you think? <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally, you know what, everyone? This is what Chief Wiggum does at his time off. This is a Chief Wiggum move, I'm telling you now. Yeah, so uh, this is what happened, okay? On November 2nd, 2007. I'll try not to laugh too hard here. But uh, Ozzy Osbourne claiming that his reputation has been tarnished because a a party supposedly involving him was organized by police officers to round up missing criminal suspects, okay? So there were over 500 people in North Dakota with outstanding arrest warrants and the police department decided to send invitation to all of these people. They sent invitations to this party featuring Ozzy Osbourne, and 30 of these suspects showed up. Now, of course, Ozzy wasn't there. He had no idea. He um, didn't even know they were doing this. They no, never asked him. No. no, they didn't ask him at all. You know, And so his, he said it was insulting that his name had been used. But the police chief argued that it was a quotation, you know, a creative way to fight crime. Um, 
Now, there's a reason why Ozzy was selected, though. He wasn't picked at random. He was uh, playing a gig nearby, wasn't he? So yeah. they just figured they would tie it in and say, hey, you're invited to a party with Ozzy Osbourne. You know, Aaron, the weird part is, is, like, if I saw that, you know, just in my mailbox or something, like, I would just throw it out because you think, whatever, right? Like, that, like, you wonder how they did this to get these people to show up. And to your point... If they were stupid enough to fall for this, how could they have gone so long without being arrested? I mean, <laughs> exactly. Like it's it's like how stupid are the police of North Dakota? Like it's it it, it becomes it becomes a Three Stooges skit. It really does. And, and, and you can imagine as these people come up to this party, they're being handcuffed. Like they're literally just being handcuffed and taken away. Well, yeah. So the police chief, a guy named uh, Paul Lanny. Uh, he, he built it as a, an Ozzy Osbourne pre-show concert party and it was offering this, <laughs> the same perks as the Rockers' official VIP tour package, right? So the same perks as uh, Ozzy's official fan club or whatever and, and mailed out the, uh, uh, the invites and they called, they called it from uh, PDL Productions. So I don't know what that stands for, but uh, uh, anyway, and people Police fell for department, it. I don't know. P- yeah. Police Department I, I, Lanny, I, it's weird. Maybe it's maybe his middle. Maybe Paul Lanny's name as uh, a D. Like maybe it's Paul David Lanny. Yeah, maybe. Eh? Maybe his middle name. But it, it gets even worse, right? Is is uh, Lanny held a press conference, a televised yeah. press conference, where he basically congratulated himself on uh, on the successful sting? But it's awful when you think about it, right? Because it's entrapment, but. Uh, <laughs> Big time, and and Ozzy's comment uh, quoted as saying, "It's insulting to me and to my audience, and it shows how <laughs> how lazy this particular sheriff is when it comes to doing his job." <laughs> well, lazy but creative, I suppose. Uh, yeah, you got to give him credit. I mean, but there was a Simpsons episode where Chief Wiggum offered free boats to people, and all these criminals came in to claim their free boats, and he arrested them all. I wonder if that was based on this. It must have been, because this is truly a, a bizarre story. And like you say, you know, it wouldn't be funny if it was a Neil Young concert or a Bob Dylan concert or something, but if it's Ozzy Osbourne, you know, maybe maybe there's a, a bit of believability there. Who knows? It's Okay, I don't know. It just speaks to their fans. I, I don't know. It, it, there's so much room for jokes here, and, and not entirely nice jokes, but really yeah. funny, you know? I agree with you. If I got a letter in the mail tomorrow saying, um, you know, Paul McCartney's having a pre-show party and you're invited, <laughs> yeah, okay. I might do a bit of research before I, you know, drive. I'm not wanted for the, by anyone, by the way, everybody. I'm Record's clean. But I'm just saying, like, you know, it's like a scam, right? Yeah. Well, now I have a little Aussie connection. Can I can I share this with you? Oh, sure. Now it's not a connection with Aussie the person, but it's a connection with Aussie's uh, wax dummy at the uh, wax museum in New York City. So I was on a trip to New York City and went and visited the uh, the wax museum and uh, got a picture snapped of me standing next to Aussie's uh, wax likeness. But I have that picture on the wall in my band room. And I remember years ago uh, when Ozzy was was really popular, you know, and a bunch of the kids were like, oh, my God, that, is that you and Ozzy? Like, how, how did you get to see Ozzy, right? And because it's a very realistic wax dummy. And I would go along with it. And I was like, yeah, you know, Ozzy and I are tight. We talk all the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Oh, Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> and then finally, I no, guys, sorry, that was at the Wax Museum. But it, it's I'm going to have to find this picture to show you. It, 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 it's his is very lifelike. Some of these wax uh, mannequins are, you know, obviously wax mannequins, but his is is bang on. So is it lifelike, or is he? Does he just look like a wax mannequin? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's a, you know, six of one, half dozen of the other, right? <laughs> have, you, have you seen his new TV show? No, I haven't. Have you? Yeah, I saw one episode of it. So it, with the premises, uh, Jack, his son, who believes in ghosts and he's a ghost hunter, is trying to convince his mom and dad there are ghosts. So he oh, gets okay. footage of paranormal, like allegedly real footage and <laughs> he shows him to his parents and all he just sits there to go well, what do you think dad oh, i'm sorry what <laughs> they put subtitles so sad oh my gosh but uh, you know uh so there's our ozzy osbourne story for uh, the day what a what a strange one we had to save that for last yeah that's that's i i i, I since Tony said it to me, I've been giggling about that story. I don't know why, because as I said, like I just, I don't know who. Wow, it's just a rampant of stupidity. But anyways, well, there you go. Uh, so, how do you top that? But I guess well, we'll top that with some Beatles. So shall we? Uh, well, you know what though? Hang on, the charts. Oh, the charts are really interesting because it 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 it, it was November. And oh Tony, yeah. Guess what was number five? Oh, well, I can guess. And you know what? One of these episodes, Aaron, I am not going to forget the charts in the last segment. Oh, I- no, please do. I love it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's I, I, no, 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 don't ever. Number five is Josh Groban and Noel. You see Christmas time, right? Well, the rec- right. Christmas records are going up the charts. Uh, Serge Tankian, Elect the Dead is number four. I don't okay. know. No. Gary Allen, number three, with Living Hard. Number two is an album that I just adore. Me too. Robert Plant. Do you really? Yes. What a great pairing. Oh, Alison Krauss and Robert Plant, Raising Sand. And their new album, Tony, is just as good. Oh, I haven't heard the new album yet, but, uh, you know, when I saw the, the chart here, when you did the notes, I went back and re-listened to that album. This, uh, Yeah, Robert Plant and Alison Krauss, who couldn't be more different in terms of their backgrounds, if they tried, you know, because Alison Krauss had her start in bluegrass. Um, amazing. They are such a great pairing. And I'm going to say this so everyone can hear, so you can you can say, I said so. If they tour, I'll come to Ottawa, you come to Toronto, we're going to go see these guys. Oh, live. I, I'd go see them in a heartbeat because... Yeah, okay, good. We're all going, okay? You, me, Cynthia, Andrea. Their voices blend so beautifully together. They do, and it, it, I'm not a Zeppelin fan. I'm not a Zeppelin fan at all. I'm not but a big I, Zeppelin guy either. But man, like the just the way that they, you know, they're both incredible vocalists, right? And and yeah, and they both set aside their egos and and just harmonize beautifully together. It's it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah I, li- lo- I I love that album. I me love too. It. Yeah, check it out, folks. It's called Raising Sand. And you said who was number one? Uh. I'm just shaking my you can't see me folks but I'm shaking my head Carrie Underwood and Carnival Ride oh okay yeah you know she was at the Aussie concert <laughs> <laughs> oh, I couldn't resist that okay <laughs> well yeah I'm not I'm not a big uh, Carrie Underwood fan either but uh, C'est la vie I guess uh, lots of people yeah, are judging by the fun. chart right so yeah 
Now we are, now it's time to head back to the present and uh, check out what the Beatles were doing. So I'll uh, cue up the music and we will time travel back to 2021. Here we go. So Tony, for this week's, what were the Beatles doing on uh, this date? Uh, 1966, November 7th, John Lennon meets Yoko Ono at the Indica Gallery in London. So this is the time that John and Yoko first meet. And I mean, I think you've heard the stories where it was the day before the show opened and Yoko had all this stuff. And one of the things she had was a white canvas and hammer and nails. And John said, can I hammer a nail in? And she went, no, it's for tomorrow. And he went, um, well, I want to hammer a nail. She goes, well, pay me five shillings. So he said, well, I'll give you an imaginary five shillings if we can hammer in an imaginary nail. And they were in love. So. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this was uh, uh, just a, he was smitten, boy. Yeah. You know, you know what he said? He said he fell in love with her because there was a painting on the ceiling. You had to climb up a stepladder. He had to use an eyeglass. And there was a little word printed. And the word was Yes. And he said, the fact that it was so positive said volumes. Of, and I I went to an exhibition of hers here in Toronto a few years back, and I understand what he's saying. It's a very positive, a lovely exhibition. So I'm a Yoko fan. And uh, um, so, yeah, this is the, the start of the John and Yoko era, 1966, November 7th. Well, and I agree with you. I think Yoko uh, got a bad rap for sure, you know. I mean, the beat, all, you know, the the popular narrative that yoko broke up the beatles but it's a lot more a lot more complicated than that i mean they were well on their way to to breaking up anyways and uh, you know how, how do you go on being the biggest act in the world and all this stuff you know and that what happened to them in the philippines and and uh, the decision to stop touring and all that stuff i mean there's no way i think they could have gone on anyways well just this week the new version of let it be came out a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yes. I got to see that. Number two on the British charts, on the album charts. Number five in the American. Now, okay, it's not number one, but you show me another artist, 51 years old, who are in the top five, t- beating Drake in England and Kanye and Coldplay and all these people. That's pretty remarkable, you know? Pretty yeah. remarkable. Have you seen it yet, the new one? No. Uh, it's not out till... Um, uh, oh, it's not November twenty fourth on on Disney. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, I don't I don't have that subscription. I I, mean, I don't either. I'm gonna have to wait for Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I I can't wait to see that because I, you know supposedly he puts a bit of a different spin on that time period, and I I really can't wait to check it out. You've seen Let It Be, right? Yes, I have, and and I know the Beatles' reaction to that uh, was, uh, you know, that they felt like it portrayed them really in a negative light and, and sure they were fighting and stuff but i know paul has said about this one and ringo both that you know there were some really good times then too right so it's uh well uh, it, it, it's a depressing film i i have a hard time watching let it be yeah me too. A, you know um and i i think you and i both know right like when you're working with people day in day out I, there's people i work with on monday i might have an argument with but we're still friends and we'll still go out for coffee and it's still okay. But if the camera captures you, I mean, there's that one segment in the film where Harrison basically says to Paul, 
look, I'll play what you want me to yes, play, or yes. I won't play it. It's so sad. <laughs> it is. And if that's your only impression of that time, you would assume that they're at each other's throats nonstop, right? But, right. But uh, he got access to all this footage, Peter Jackson did, and uh, I cannot wait to see it. I think it'll shed new light on that time period, which will be great. Actually, you do yourself a favor and listen to the new version of Let It Be. Um, okay. It's been remastered and remixed. It's amazing. It's re- um, The vocals are more prominent. It's very cleaned up. It's lovely. It really is good. Well, I will do that. And Aaron, what a what a terrific road trip this has been. This was uh, another odd one. Hey, I'm kind of... Hey, yeah. Tony, I just got an invitation to a, a party with Billy Joel. You want to come? Oh, um, you know what? I got the same invitation. Did, did, did it say something about bringing your unpaid parking tickets? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? We're in New York. No, we were in New York. We'll go back and we'll we'll go to the concert right now. How does that sound? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us. And uh so glad you're enjoying the show. Please feel free to give us feedback anytime. We love hearing from you. And, and we will see you uh, for another road trip next week. Well, Aaron, have a good week, my friend. You have a good week, too, and we'll see everyone soon. Bye, folks. Music for today's episode of the Wayback Music Machine podcast was written by Rick Denis. The show notes, chart selection, and Spotify playlist were created by Aaron Badgley. And the artwork, recording, editing, and sound production was done by Tony Stewart. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to tell a friend or two. And don't forget to click follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast player to get the latest episodes automatically. And we'd love it if you would leave us a review. You can also engage with the show by going on our website and leaving us a voicemail. We may even play your voicemail on an upcoming episode. Thanks for taking this road trip with us, and we'll see you next time on the Wayback Music Machine Podcast. Hey, turn the radio up. I love this song. The Wayback Music Machine Podcast is a Stewie Tunes production.